The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Doesn't 
I'm Dave Hawkins. Thanks for coming to The Antidote. You know, there's always been a large number of bands and artists who sort of have fallen through the cracks over the years and they disappear from the music scene. But there's a few who keep going and continue to put out creative music. And I don't think anyone fits that label better than tonight's guest, Dale Thompson. As frontman of the legendary band Bride, Dale and his brother Troy brought out a new release this summer called Snake Eyes. As our opening song tonight, we heard The Painter, one of the excellent tracks from the new album. And for those who are checking, Snake Eyes comes out more than 30 years after the band's debut album. It's not just Bride that's keeping Dale busy. The guy must have unlimited energy because Dale's also currently involved in half a dozen other music projects. First comes Time from Bride's Scarecrow Messiah album. Then we'll have the man himself, Dale Thompson, explain his musical journey.
the legendary Dale Thompson is here with the antidote. This is an honor. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you read that exactly the way that I wrote it for you. I was wondering about that. I wasn't sure if I should have added things in like you're famous, you're incredibly talented, good-looking, or something else. Uh, the word icon comes to mind, but that's just me being humble. <laughs> <laughs> you left out about the strongest man in Kentucky. Uh, I used to do uh, powerlifting meet well, probably about 15 years ago, but I uh, used to compete on a professional level of powerlifting. Um, I had gotten out of boxing and wanted to do more damage to my body. So I uh, <laughs> got into that and I, I guess I was strong for my, my size because I was uh, winning all these trophies and getting all these accolades for being a weightlifter. But now at over a half century old, I'm paying the price with my, uh, my joints and ligaments and all the other things that happen to get crushed when you're picking up such weight. <laughs> I totally empathize. All the stuff I did years and years and years ago, now I'm paying for it. Yeah, it, it definitely comes back. You know, I was 198 pounds and I was uh, benching 550 pounds. So that tells you the insanity and the levels that I, I was going to, to to be Kentucky's strongest man. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Dale, I've got to say it's intimidating to have you here. Because, I mean, I've had artists on whose music I've followed for a long time. But there's only a couple that have been around longer than you have. I started listening to Bride in the early 90s. What about taking us back and telling us the beginnings of Bride? Uh, well, Troy, who is my brother and guitar player and music writer, we were collaborating at a very young age and actually started a band uh, called Matrix which was leading us into what we do now rather than some of the other things we had did even earlier than that. But uh, we started off calling ourselves Matrix, and we were a three-piece band. We recorded uh, three demos, and we were uh, picked up by a record label out of Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, from there, we started Bride. Matter of fact, the, the Bride contract has the word Matrix crossed out, and the word Bride wrote in because we changed the name of the band during signing of the contracts. <laughs> um, the label saw Matrix play, but they, um, they didn't know we were about to change our names.
fire and brimstone from the metal era of Bride. In those days, there was almost no connection between Christian metal bands because there were so few of them. So it's an interesting story as to how Bride connected with one of them. I had spoken with Dan McCabe of Daniel Band a few years ago. Oh, yeah. And he said, there's a connection between you two. Yeah, matter of fact, we we opened for the Daniel Band that night. Uh, the promoter, Dorn, um, I think his last name is Report or Repaport. He got a, a cassette demo of Matrix and said, listen, I'm doing an album release party for the Daniel Band, and I can, I can give you about 500 bucks for gas and travel and some pizza if you'll come up and open for them. And I said, sure, that's that sounds great. Uh, I love the Daniel Band. I've you know probably five six albums I've owned of theirs, and um, and always really just just liked everything about them. They had a great sound, kind of like the band Fireworks that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, great band. Anyway, we went up and um, opened the show, and it actually opened with about a twenty minute drum solo because the power went down. <laughs> and I forced our drummer to play a 20-minute drum solo before we got into our set. <laughs> so he was he was tired going into the show. It was uh, it was pretty hilarious. And then I remember running from the back of the stage to get on on stage just because uh, I was running through the crowd for theatrics and I actually stood on the sound system and moved all the levels around before I got on stage by accident. And at that particular night, we had we were using flash powder and some explosives and our guitar player got blown up. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So it, overall it was a complete disaster. And then the, uh, the record company still wanted to, uh, to sign us. <laughs> oh, little did they yeah, know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, they knew later and then they, then, then they all fell out of the faith and went their own different ways. I, I guess they weren't in it for the right reasons. So, <laughs> Bride's second album, Live to Die, was all metal, and the band made that very clear on the song Metal Might.
sounds like your memory is pretty good, Dale. You've got to fill me in on something else. How many Bride albums have there been? 5,000. We've did 5,000 as of January. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I've, I've lost count. You know, it's, it's according if we're counting the demos that were released on the Lost Reels uh, CDs or because some of those songs that nobody had heard until then. So uh, I always just say about 15, 20, something like that. And then all of my side projects, which I've done more music now that I've been in New Zealand than I've done at any one time during the Bride years. Bride made a big jump switching from metal to hard rock in 91 when you uh, released Kinetic Faith. Why did the band make that style change? Well, what the diehard metal fans did not understand is metal doesn't sell in this market at all. So even though here we were being a big name releasing Live to Die, which to me is one of the, the top five classic Christian metal albums of all times, and releasing Silence is Madness, those albums just weren't selling very well. And I wanted to have some longevity. And I saw the places that we were having to play, a little hole-in-the-wall coffee houses and church sanctuaries and even church basements. So um, I made a, an effort to write more hard rock style. And that launched us into playing before thousands of people and traveling the world many times over. So we did make the right decision to the chagrin of our supporters at the time, but a lot of them have came on board since then because I, I guess their, their taste in music has mellowed. There, there's still the, the hardcore biogenesis people out there and the, the hardcore vengeance uh, fans that have never changed. That's all they want, and that's fine. But if they knew the truth of how all of those bands have to struggle just to get an album out, to get it released, and then how hard you have to push it to sell just to break even, they would really appreciate the bands a whole lot more. I'm back in that situation now because the Christian market has shrank so much in the alternative compared to the pop CCM uh, genre of music that, you know, I'm having to do all the promotion of, of all the bands that, that I have in all the projects. So on a daily routine, you know, I'm four or five hours promoting bands. All of them are my bands, but there's just that small of a market. I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't tour. Um, I cannot break even, and I can't afford to go in the hole. And Well, especially when you're flying from New Zealand. <laughs> you can't afford the airfare. Well, even when I was living in Kentucky, uh, the promoters got to the point where it was like, you know, we'll, we'll pay your gas money, put you in a hotel room, and you guys can have pizza. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm I'm over fifty years old, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to travel thirteen hours one direction. I've already been there, done that. So, um, you know, I'm I'm quite content with just sitting in my home studio. Uh, bands send me songs. I, I recorded one right before this uh, interview um, of a project I'm doing called Dapster Gentleman, which we just released an album, but I'm working on the third album. So, you know, that's how busy I am. I'm I'm way deep in recording right now, and I'm very happy to be be recording on my own terms, in my own time, in my own uh, relaxation. I am I'm several albums ahead. In other words, people are going to see me, whether I'm still on the planet or not, for the next few years. That's how much unreleased stuff that I have recorded since I've been in New Zealand.
of Bride has never been mindless. They often have dealt with serious topics like the song Crimes Against Humanity and how those crimes come not just from war, but also from individual attitudes. Let's hear more from Dale about his crazy busy life. Here you are being in the music machine all these decades. This is where a lot of guys are slowing down, but you're virtually busier now than you were in the past. I'm much busier making less money uh, no travels, which suits me just fine. And everything that I'm doing is a labor of love that makes zero dollars. You know, from Dapster Gentleman, which I mentioned a couple times, uh, to the uh, the electronic metal band that I've got, the Thomas Thompson Earth Project that I'm doing. That's an incredible album. And I'm working on album number two, even though the first one has not even been mixed yet. Uh, Perpetual Paranoia, which we've released one album, and I've, I'm working on the third album. Uh, releasing No Other God uh, album, uh, probably on on Rocks Records. So yeah, I mean it's just it's just a lot of stuff. Oh, and I and I just finished the third uh, The World Will Burn album. We're probably just in with the three uh, CDs on that, but I'm open for people to collaborate with. You know, uh, I've had a few people send me stuff, but if I don't think that I can add to it. Or be instrumental in, in helping people, you know, with their music, then, then I'll decline. But one of the bands I'm working with, and I won't mention which one, they, they had given up. They're like, just, we can't do anything. I've got this, this album recorded and uh, nobody's interested in it. And so I wrote them and I said, listen, let me, let me do the vocals. Let me write the lyrics. Let me write my melodies. And they did. And, you know, it's some of the coolest stuff I've ever done. So I'm really happy with it. Wow, was that ever cool. Well, listen, how about if I switch back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about Kinetic Faith? That included a song, Everybody Knows My Name. You know, even though it was, yeah. wasn't happy or positive, it really made an impact with the public. So how come? Um, I'm not for sure other than, you know, it did have a Guns N' Roses flair. It was reminiscent of, of those styles of music back then. And... Um, I think that the video that the record company did, it was a high energy video. I think that prompted it. And we got out there and, and we were touring with it. We were, we were playing it hit radio and radio picked it up. We were like 15 weeks. Number one on the, when they had the CCM metal charts, you know, we were getting accolades and people loved it. And uh, it got us out there in order to minister. And, you know, it just opened a lot of doors, but it was very powerful song. And, 
I don't know. I, I think that people just loved the way that it flowed. It was a great, great song. Everybody 
This is Dale Thompson, and you're listening to The Antidote. Or you could do one like, hey, this is Dale Thompson of the band Bride. You're listening to The Antidote. Or you could be like, hey, this is Dale Thompson with the band Bride. You're listening to The Antidote. (laughs) Well, that song title, Everybody Knows My Name, it certainly fits with the popularity that Bride had in South America. You guys had huge shows there. Why was that? Um, the uh, the church that brought us down to uh, Brazil, they they owned a, a TV station and owned a radio station, and it was two of the largest broadcasting. The people of Brazil are, are very religious people, very uh, God-fearing. If you've never been to Brazil, then you've never seen hospitality. I mean, they're, they're very loving and kind people. And the church that brought us down there was one of the biggest, and they had a lot of starter churches they had built up around the country that basically answered to the big mother church. The pastor, he um, he basically told everybody, I'm bringing this American band in. I want everybody here. And when they came, there was 100,000 people in the, the audience. <laughs> and we were the, we were the headline act. So needless to say, we just kept going back to Brazil. And because you go to Brazil and play for 40,000 people, night after night at different places, you know, whether you're playing Brazil or playing uh, Sao Paulo or Rio or Salvador or Recife, you know, wherever you were playing, uh, there was always this massive amount of people. Then, then we'd come back to the States and play to 300 people. So, yeah, you know, you start doing the math on that, and it's like, yeah, hey, we're going to spend more time in Brazil because we're not getting the support in the States that we need. Not that the, the, the American fans didn't like us, it's just there wasn't that many in this genre. People either loved Metallica and Motley Crue and those type of bands, or they loved Amy Grant. There was no in-between, and Christian metal was definitely in-between there somewhere. I need to let you know that Bright actually has another spot in history, because the very first song that aired on The Antidote was Psychedelic Super Jesus from Snakes in the Playground. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Snakes in the Playground, that was an exceptional album. Did Bride realize that when you were recording the album? Uh, We had some hard times with recording Snakes because we did it at a studio called the Salt Mine uh, outside of Nashville. And it was an old studio with a broken down soundboard. And we brought in this producer. And I liked the sound that he did for Novella. So I was like, yeah, we're we're up on him. Uh, His name is Plinky. uh, We call him Plinky. He was instrumental in, in getting the sound that we had. Matter of fact, he ran the whole mix through a BBE Sonic Maximizer to get the sound that we have. And that's a little secret that if you want an album to sound like Snakes, you have to run it through a BBE Sonic Maximizer. <laughs> and you will get that raw sound. And we were going for a raw sound because Kinetic Faith was supposed to be that sound. But the producer took liberties after we had left the uh, studio and decided to add lots of uh, reverb and effects that the songs didn't need because, you know, I always thought my vocal was better when it was just pretty dry and you could hear all the cracks and breaks and, and out of pitch things and stuff, you know, and he, he just went and kind of covered up what was real about the band, whereas snakes in the playground, that's what we were, you know, when people went and seen us live, you know, they, they were getting that sort of sound. That raw sound is what I love about snakes in the playground. Here's the album's opening song, Rattlesnake.
Back to that song title, Psychedelic Super Jesus. I know quite a few Christians who were offended by that. I'm not so sure that they took the time to actually understand the song. Yeah, to be honest, I'm quite offended by a lot of Christians, so I guess we're on the same <laughs> page there. Um, no, it, it, I went to Cornerstone the previous year, which is a big festival in Bushnell, Illinois, that used to, to happen that, that the Jesus people, um, you know, Glenn Kaiser, Wendy Kaiser, and that Mrez band they put on. And uh, I was out, you know, before gigs and stuff, walking around, talking to people and so forth. And I, I, I don't know, I just saw that the whole hippie thing and the goth thing and, and all of that other stuff, man, it was it was this big image of, of I don't know, they were just turning Jesus into something that I was not happy with. They had allowed a gothic store to be there that was selling all sorts of questionable things from the store. It just didn't strike me right. So I wrote that song, you know, basically toward that group of people to say, hey, you know, this, I don't know, you might have taken him down off the cross, but you put flowers in his hair or you put him in leather and uh, you're parading Jesus around like your pet. You don't see him as Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, you know? Uh, and it was just disheartening. You know, I saw all sorts of stuff. I won't go into detail, but it, it, it was very disappointing. And I never wanted to go back to that festival after I seen that.
time favorite song from Bride, Psychedelic Super Jesus. I want to take a minute to give a shout out to new listeners who now find the antidote on I Am Radio, along with local listeners who hear us through the facilities of Trent Radio. It's impossible to cover a 30-year music career in just 60 minutes. (laughs) And that's why there's lots more to come next week on The Antidote. Dale returns with more stories about Bride and their new album Snake Eyes, He'll also share about his faith journey and will branch off into the fistful of bands that he's a part of. And man, it is a diverse mix. (laughs) On tonight's show, I've pulled in a lot of older songs from Bride. Our closer is a bit more up to date. I want it all from the band's 2013 release, Incorruptible. That comes up right after more of my conversation with Dale. Have an awesome week. Of course, I do realize that Christians come from different lifestyles, different life experiences. Has your life experience always been reflected through your music? Uh, always. If somebody wants to know what's in my head, all they have to do is listen to my songs. You know, that's my life made into music. If, if I take a, up a cause, whether it's a political one, a religious one, social one, whatever, you know, if I'm calling for some sort of moral justice or whatever, it's because it's something that's been on my mind, something I've been pondering, something I have a great conviction about. So I want to get it out outside of me and, and share it with other people that might might either be enlightened or other people. You know, I don't need people's validation, but it's nice to know that, that you're not always alone in your thoughts and beliefs and your convictions. Everything. 